This is Coochie's Corner Podcast, hosted by Bobby Bailey. Check us out on social media, Facebook at The Crew Chief, on Twitter at The Crew Chief, Instagram at Crew Chief's Corner, and on TikTok at Crew Chief's Corner. And now on the Anchor Podcasting Network at anchor.fm and the Anchor app. What is up, everybody? This is Bobby Bailey here at the Crew Chiefs Corner Podcast, bringing you guys another episode here. So this episode, we are going to talk about Texas, uh, the All-Star Race. We'll talk about the Xfinity Race, the Truck Race. We'll also go over um, all the craziness of that that race weekend. We will discuss the Coke 600. We'll talk about the Charlotte Xfinity Race and the Truck Race there as well. We'll also kind of look ahead to this weekend. We have... The first time the NASCAR Cup Series has ever been to Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway. For those of you who have been, you know, around the sport long enough, you know that the track used to just be simply known as Gateway uh, International Raceway, I believe. Um, but now it is known as Worldwide Technology Raceway um, at Gateway. So we'll, we'll discuss the first time the Cup guys will be there. The trucks have been there um, before in years past. And we also have another first-time race, the first time the NASCAR Xfinity Series is heading all the way out to Portland to run at Portland International Raceway um, on Saturday as well. So a busy weekend um, for the NASCAR uh, National Series is going to be all over the place. There's going to be two races in Gateway, and, and that track is technically in Illinois. Um, and then they have um, the Xfinity boys out at Portland, Oregon. So uh, a West Coast trip, a one-off West Coast trip for the Xfinity boys this weekend. Then they have next weekend off. And then they're back in action, I believe, the weekend after next, which would be the uh, the Nashville Super Speedway race for all three series. So a lot to dive into, but we have some kind of hot off the press breaking news that I want to kind of cover first. And that is that Chris Buescher is going to be not racing this weekend in the NASCAR Cup Series at Gateway. Uh, Buescher has been diagnosed with COVID-19. Just when you, you know, we really haven't talked about a driver missing a race because of COVID. And and probably really since the end of last year, I can't even really remember the last driver that missed a race because of COVID. I want to say it could have been Austin Dillon, possibly. I, I don't remember the last guy that had COVID that had to miss a race, but it's been a while. So uh, Busher had a positive result. We just found this out today, and uh, he's going to be replaced by Zane Smith. So Zane Smith is going to drive the number 17. I believe it's sponsored by Fastenal this weekend. Uh, Ford uh, Mustang for RFK Racing. Um, for those of you that don't know, Zane is currently competing in the Camping World Truck Series. He's driving for front row motorsports he has three wins on the season already this year and uh obviously he drives a ford um for front row motorsports that makes things a little bit easier um the other piece of this news that is breaking is that it's at least it's been reported is it is expected that um if i could talk today it is expected that busher should return at sonoma so that's at least the positive of this um but the but the the crappy news is that you know Busher is going to miss um, this weekend's race at Gateway. Obviously, Busher had a, a a big wreck um, this past week at uh, Charlotte in the 600. His tire and wheel dug into the ground there um, on the front stretch, 
And when it dug in, it actually like kind of catapulted is the best way I could describe it. Catapulted his number 17, uh, fifth, third, uh, bank Ford Mustang, um, you know, forward and kind of, you know, catapulted it, um, airborne and, uh, had a pretty big, uh, barrel roll there. So a big wreck for Busher, but you know, he was all right with that, but now he's got a, a, a positive, uh, COVID result. So he can't race this weekend at gateway. So, um, you know, it is what it is, I guess, when it comes to it. Um, I don't know per se what the protocol still is when it comes to a positive result. I don't know if it's, you know, I know at, at one time it was five days. Um, you know, I think that's the latest I heard was five days. They have to be in isolation. So obviously if that result came back today. You know, you have Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That would only be day three. So obviously he, he would have to miss this race. Um, so I, so for those of you that want to be conspiracy theorists and say, well, you know, Busher isn't vaccinated. Well, we don't really know because if he came out, if it came out today that he was positive, like the test results came back today, he tested probably a day ago. So he would still only be in three or day three or four, depending on when he tested. Um, so he would still have to miss, you know, the five days and he, and, and he would be in the middle of his quarantine anyhow. So, um, Busher is going to miss. Uh, gateway, but he's got a pretty decent replacement in Zane Smith. I think, you, you know, Zane has, hasn't really been in the cup car as far as I'm, I'm concerned. I don't think he's been in the cup car, um, especially not this next gen car. We know he was linked to a bunch of um, rumors this off season about possibly driving a cup car. Uh, how advanced some of those talks got, I really don't know, but I do know that there was some consideration being had by some teams that looking at Zane Smith, I know he had a deal basically in place with Chip Ganassi racing to take over the one car for, uh, to replace Kurt Busch had Chip Ganassi not sold the team to track house. Um, and, and of what I understood of that deal, that Zane literally had the contract signed, but because, um, they sold the team before the contract actually got signed. Um, the deal was null and void. And that's really what put Zane Smith in the truck series driving for front row motorsports. So Zane was very close to being in this cup field full time this year. I don't know what that would have looked like, but we'll get a little peek at it. I mean, I think Zane is, has come a, a long way. I mean, I remember there's some, some very, very famous uh, YouTubers um, out there in the NASCAR uh, universe that um, has used to actually pick on Zane Smith saying he was one of the worst drivers and this, that, and the other. And Zane has gotten, you know, much better. Um, and, and, and listen, this is what happens with some of these young kids. They, they come up too fast. Um, I think, you know, you could pick your example. You want to look at, uh, man, I almost said Corey, <laughs> Corey something, but, um, you know, you look at Casey Atwood's a classic example for those of you older fans out there, you know, Casey Atwood got rushed up by Ray, Ray Abraham. He was looking to put him in a, in a cup car as fast as humanly possible. And look at what happened with Casey. He flamed out. Um, I think you look at some of these other drivers out there. Um, more more recent examples, you know, I think some people kind of looked at Joey Logano that way. I mean, Joey, you know, up until he left Gibbs, really wasn't that much of a, you know, he was a big prospect. He was, you know, he was highly touted. I know Mark Martin used to call him, you know, uh, that's kind of, you know, Mark was, you know, was trying to get him in at Roush and he couldn't get in at Roush, just that and the other. And, and I just, you know, you look at Logano until he got to Penske, Joey Logano was probably going to be one of those flameouts. Um, 
you know, you could say almost the same thing about Eric Jones at this point in time. You know, a lot of people are, you know, were down on Eric Jones, you know, when he made this move to go to uh, Richard Petty Motorsports, which is now known as Petty GMS, Petty GMS, excuse me. Um, a lot of people are down on him, you know, and I think that, you know, we're going to have to wait and see what happens, but, you know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. You know, I think Jones is heading in the right direction. I think Petty GMS for the most part with this new infusion of of capital, with this new infusion of personnel on the GMS side of things with, with Petty, I think that this organization is finally heading in the right direction. I think the RCR partnership is finally turning the right direction. You're starting to see, you know, RCR is running better. You're starting to see some of the the ancillary teams that they get stuff from are starting to run better. So when that tends to happen, that's when I think you're going to see Petty GMS kind of that swing is going to happen and, and kind of take place. So um, it's going to be, you know, something to keep an eye on. It's going to be something to watch, but you know, um, Zane Smith went from being a guy that people used to meme about and people used to make fun of to a guy that's right now, you know, has three wins in the truck series and it and is basically the guy that beat, when it comes to the playoffs this year, you know, he's going to be a guy that you're going to have to go through in order to win this championship. He's probably going to be in the final four. And I would say he's most people's favorite uh, to win this championship. So at the end of the day, I don't think you're going to fail uh, by putting him in the 17 car, you know, for a one-off event. I think this is a plus you put him in a, in a, in a car at a track that, not a lot of people there's there's certain guys that have experience at gateway and there's some guys that don't and the guys that do have experience are going to be your kevin harvick's are going to be your brad keselowski's are going to be guys that he could go to that are even within the ford camp that he can go and lean on um you know who he's going to probably have to help is is ironically his front row motorsports teammate and michael mcdowell because i don't know how many times michael mcdowell has been there but um you know, he has Todd Gillen. If he's really got some questions about driving this cup car, you know, him and Todd are, are, are you know, teammates, quasi-teammates uh, this weekend anyhow. So um, I think there's going to be a lot of chatter back and forth. But I think it's a good opportunity for Zane to at least prove to some people that, you know, whether or not he belongs in the cup series or not. And I, I think naturally the progression should be to put Zane in an Xfinity car next year if, if – Listen, if, if Zane's in the front is in front rows, you know, development program, if that's what they consider their truck program to be, I don't know what their next level would be. Because we heard a rumor this offseason that front row was going to sell their two charters off. And I think most people know that know this rumor at least. And they were going to sell one to Michael Jordan's team. Okay. So the 45, what what ended up being the 45 was going to be the front row charter. And then there was going to be another charter that was going to get sold off to another team. I don't know if we ever found out who that second team was. Um, we had heard some grumblings that David Gillen was going to just buy the charter and they were going to go cup racing uh, with Todd Gillen. Anyhow, uh, we heard, I, you know, there was all kinds of crazy things going on. But anyhow, when they decided to stay cup racing, they were going to keep the two charters. They weren't getting, I guess, the money that they thought they were going to get for it. And Bob Jenkins decided that he was going to go run cup. We had heard some rumors of Zane driving possibly in a cup car, and, and and I thought, you know, maybe front row would be the place to put him because, you know, they just, you know, two years ago put John Hunter Nemechek in a, in a, in a you know, right in a cup car coming out of Xfinity. Um, and then we also had heard um, 
I mean, you also look at, you know, they threw Anthony Alfredo in a cup car last year after, you know, kind of running some Xfinity, not full-time Xfinity, but partial Xfinity. And, you know, then when they put Todd in and I was like, okay, well, that's different. And, you know, they put, they put Zane in their truck. Uh, but we'd also heard a rumor that they were possibly front row was possibly going to get out of the cup series and take their cup cars that they had. And they were going to go and be the Ford destination for Xfinity because Ford doesn't really have a place to put their drivers in Xfinity right now. So Xfinity right now for Ford, yes, there's Stuart Haas racing, but, but by and large, Stuart Haas racing's involvement in, in the Xfinity series is Riley Herbst. Who's say what you want. He basically bought that ride. Okay. That's why he's in that seat. I don't care what anybody says, you know, Tony Stewart can, can sugarcoat it however he wants. Riley Herbst is in the 98 because he has sponsorship behind him in monster, which is, Basically, by way of his dad's business, uh, Terrible Herbs, uh, which is a convenience store chain out in Las Vegas, and, and they do a lot of business with Mon with Monster. Um, you know, Riley's dad and stuff is is off road racing background and all that. That's that's what the Herbs name is known for. You know, they're off road racers, kind of like Haley Deegan and all that. Where Dad Brian, so they're they're coming from that background, and and that's really where. Monster decided to put their money behind, you know, Riley, and they're going to put him in a in an Xfinity car because that's what what the the package they have, and and they put him in with Stuart Haas because you know they he he failed at Gibbs, and I still don't necessarily understand why they didn't keep him at Gibbs, um, solely other than the 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 thought process of well, you know, Stuart Haas is going to have a free seat. Um, we can spend the money, you know, we know what Stuart Haas is going to look for because, you know, as monster, they've worked with them before and it, it would all just kind of play out. And, you know, me being the person that I am, I, I just was like, this is the hell of a gamble on Tony's part because you're taking a kid that wrecked a whole bunch of cars over at Gibbs and really didn't do a fantastic job at Gibbs and you're throwing him in a car. So last year was a rough year for Riley. And I think most people would have, kind of said, damn, first year in a, in a Ford, he just he really sucked, right? He didn't really have a great year. He, he had a lot of bad runs. He was kind of getting outrun by some people that he shouldn't have been outrun by. And this year, it seems like Riley sort of has gotten his act together a little bit more. It looks like he's honed in on his craft a bit, so he's a little bit better this year than he was last year. But still in all, he's not competing for race wins, you know, that often. He's, he's like your your fifth through twelfth guy most weekends. And Penske getting out of out of Xfinity full time and just going to this partial schedule, which we still haven't seen a Penske entry when it comes to Xfinity yet. Um, but I was told that there's like ten races that they have planned on. I, I just don't know where when they're starting. Um, I had someone tell me this like recently that there's about ten races on a schedule that they would like to run. Now again, that is all dependent on sponsorship. Um, so I don't I don't really have like the concrete dates or anything like that. But someone did tell me recently a source came to me and said, you know, there is 10 races on the schedule. Um, it's just a matter of sponsorship and, and when they're going to run it. And um, the other thing was that because they put so much focus on trying to get a grip on the new car, that's really why they didn't go Xfinity racing this year uh, full time. At least that's what I was told. Now, again, I don't know if this person could have told me a bunch of crap, but um, I, I, this person that told me is has told me reliable stuff in the past. So, 
I'm hoping that it's second half of the season. You start seeing Penske some more, but um, I know they didn't sell any cars. Um, I know that there's still cars on the shop floor. Uh, last I heard, there's still some cars that are just sitting out on the shop floor that are just not wrapped yet um, in anything, and they're just sitting there. So that leads me to believe that there is some kind of a plan in place for the Xfinity program with Penske. I would imagine that if you're looking at drivers, it would probably be Austin Sindrick. It would probably be a Ryan Blaney or a Logano, but I don't know. I don't know who their, excuse me, who their ultimate game plan is, but we'll see. <coughs> Apologize about them. Throat's very itchy today for some reason. I don't, I don't get get why but um so i do apologize uh about the coughing um but anyhow you know i just you know crazy news about busher um we'll see what happens i mean i'm hoping this isn't the start of another spike with drivers you know we start losing crew guys to you know missing races and stuff i just hope this isn't the beginning of that because you know we all know we've lived through enough of this the last couple years so hopefully we're not going back in a bad direction um, but you know, these things come and go, it seems like. So, you know, at least, uh, Roush has a plan. Um, I was actually really surprised it was Zane Smith. I really thought they were going to try to call, um, Stuart Haas and see if they could borrow Ryan Priest. That's who I would have called. I would have been like, Hey, Hey Tony, can I, can I, you know, give you guys some money and, and borrow Ryan Priest? To me, that would have made more sense. But, you know, I mean, Zane, I think is just would be as good as Ryan would be there. Cause you know. Zane's got the track experience. Ryan has probably no track experience. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably the best the best bet you can make right now. And, um, you know, he's not going to be the only sub this weekend. Uh, ben Rhodes, if you missed it, was announced on, I want to say Tuesday or Wednesday, that Ben Rhodes is going to practice and qualify the number 16 uh, Chevy Camaro for A.J. Allmendinger at Gateway in the Cup Series. So, for those of you that don't know, Ben Rhodes uh, drove a cup race last year for Spire Motorsports um, in a one-off deal at Sonoma. Kind of random Ben Rhodes cup start, right? So now apparently he's going to go and drive a uh, – go and fill in for for A.J. Allmendinger while A.J.'s out running the Portland Xfinity race because he's running full-time Xfinity. A.J. is. And um, they're going to go um, – have been roads fill in, which I mean, again, you can't, you can't pick up, you know, the two guys that are filling in for the, for the regular drivers. I mean, you know, Zane Smith's going to end up running, running the race, but you, you couldn't have picked two pe- better truck drivers. In my opinion, you know, Ben Rhodes has been doing really well in trucks the last couple of years. He was last year's champ. Zane Smith is, you know, hot as a whistle right now in that series. And, um, you know, you got two really good drivers in both of those cars and, you know, Colleague is is doing decent this year. You know, in Cup, um, they they're not lighting the world on fire, but they're doing decent. You know, for a first year team, um, with two cars, so you know they're they're doing pretty good. Um, you know, Justin Haley's going through the typical rookie learning learning experience, as far as I'm concerned. You know, he's he's learning a lot. He's crashed a couple cars already this year, but he's but he's learning. Um, and I, and I think that, you know, Ben Rhodes is a, is, is again, a kind of a, 
I hate to use this term, but he's kind of like that unsung guy that you hear about sometimes at the end of these races. He's kind of Kevin Harvick-esque because sometimes Ben Rhodes just shows up out of the blue. And it's like, oh, there's there's Ben Rhodes going for the race win. Um, so he, he reminds me a little bit of Harvick in that, you know, he's like the closer or something, you know, in the truck series. But, you know, Ben, when you think of Ben Rhodes, a lot of people think about back to, you know, he drove for Junior Motorsports. I think it was 2015. He drove for Junior Motorsports in the Xfinity Series part-time. And, you know, kind of that deal went south, to, you know. Uh, and then he ended up basically running trucks after that. And, and a lot of people forget that Ben Rhodes is like 23, 24 years old still. You know? Uh, yeah, he was like 18 or 19 when he drove for Junior. So, uh, you know, Ben is still a young guy. And he, he's just, you know, for whatever reason, you know, he's he stayed in trucks. I mean, I, don't, I, I heard some rumors, too, with him when it came to this off season about him possibly getting a higher seat and it just, it seems like nothing materialized or he just decided to just stay, stay in uh, trucks and, and just keep going with Thorsport, which I, I think, you know, you can't, you can pick a hell of a lot worse seat to be in, you know, he's in a pretty damn good ride and he's got, you know, he's got some sponsorship behind him. Um, you know, and he's got Duke and, and Rhonda Thorson, who's, who's more or less funding his entry, you know, that tend to, um, uh, deal is actually Duke and Rhonda's company, which I didn't even know until about two weeks ago. Somebody pointed that out, that that was Duke and Rhonda's company. I thought it was actually a, a pet, uh, you know, a, a pet care line that they used because I know Duke and Rhonda are, are, are into, you know, horses and, 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 you know, that whole scene, um, you know, and, and I just thought that was a brand they use and they just, you know, because, you know, that they raise, you know, horses and stuff and, and, and all that, I figured that that was just, you know, a business to business deal. And, you know, they, they provide, you know, Duke and Rhonda with the different products they need and they, they give them a sponsorship on the truck and, you know, kind of, you know, one hand washes the other type deal. But, um, apparently, you know, uh, that Tenda was actually owned is owned by Duke and Rhonda. So I had no idea that they were basically sponsoring their own truck with Ben Rhodes. So that was something I didn't even know. Um, and there's not much that gets past me anymore. So, so that was, that was kind of a shock, but, um, yeah, you can't do much worse than Ben and you can't do much worse than, than Zane Smith right now. You got two really hot drivers and, and, and two cars that, you know, are, are basically in that mid pack of the cup field, you know, and we'll see how they do. I mean, I, I don't, I don't expect a lot out of either one of them, honestly. Um, you know, cause it's, you know, Ben's probably going to run a little bit better than Zane only because Ben's been in a cup car. He hasn't been in the next gen car though. So that kind of levels it out a little bit, but. You know, it'll be it'll be something to watch. It'll be something to keep an eye on and, and kind of see how they do. But um, I, I think Zane race wise, I, I don't expect much. I'd expect him in the 20s. You know, honestly, I, I just where that team has been running this year. There are 16th to 20th place car most weeks. Um, and that's about where I expect him to finish. You know, n nothing, nothing too exciting. But, you know, 16th to 20th in his first cup start would probably be a good finish for this kid. So hopefully Zane runs well and, and we'll see what happens. But what we'll do is take a quick break. And then the, on the other side of the break, we will break down the weekend that was Texas and all the shenanigans that happened with the All-Star Race, the Xfinity Race, and the Truck Race. All coming up here on the Crew Chiefs Corner Podcast, hosted by Bobby Bailey. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Crew Chiefs Corner Podcast. I am Bobby Bailey bringing you guys our Texas race recap. And I just got to say, man, I don't know what in the heck NASCAR is doing with bringing these, these guys all the way out to Texas to run this damn all-star race. I'll tell you, 
you know, it, it really hit me, I think this year for the first time, really about, about the whole going out to Texas and, and doing this all-star race. I think last year didn't really bother me because, you know, I was like, well, you know, there, it seems like they're going to move this thing around a little bit. Um, and then, you know, this whole deal with Coda, I really thought Coda was going to be like a, a novelty type deal where they were going to run Coda for maybe a couple of years. And then they were going to switch and go to another, you know, another road course or something. They were going to go to a different track and, you know, maybe this was how they were going to start rotating some, you know, the all-star race around. And I'll be honest with you, you know, I know we're going to talk about the Xfinity and the, and the truck race, but, you know, I'll tell you, you know, the, the, the cup race itself, the all-star race was boring as hell. It, it was, it, and it was terrible the whole weekend. I mean, you know, the, the pit stop competition, um, you know, for qualifying was bad. Um, I, I really didn't like it. I like the old format when it comes to that with the, you know, no, no speed limit on pit road. Um, I, I didn't enjoy this whole deal with, um, you know, doing the pit stop competition and then running a lap. Um, I it just, it, it, it just, the format didn't really stick, stick too well with me. And, you know, the gimmicks every year, I mean, you know, I heard some fans complain about the, the format and the gimmicks, you know, I don't listen. I don't really know if you need gimmicks. If you go to the right racetrack, I, I think these mile and a half this year in particular have been pretty good with this next gen car, but I think it's particular tracks that they need to go to. And I, and I think that Texas, you know, we, I think I've talked about this before, when they went and redid turn one and two, they screwed Texas up worse than they than than I thought was even humanly possible. They have to do something with this track because one and two suck. It, it, it's they made it so crappy that the racing in one and two is not what it used to be. I mean, you know, listen, we don't need eighteen versions of Charlotte Motor Speedway, but Texas is just not the style of racing that we're used to seeing, you know, the rest of the year, you know, it, it was, it was not a great product. There was not a lot of passing. Um, it, it was just, it was a lot of crap. And I just think to go all that way for an all-star race, when you could run Charlotte, you could, if NASCAR, you know, if SMI, I shouldn't say NASCAR, if SMI thought about bringing back North Rooksboro a few years earlier before COVID struck, if they thought about this long and hard enough, they could have brought back North Rooksboro by now and probably could have run the all-star race there. And think about how many thousands of fans would have bought tickets for that race. You know, whatever the place sits seats, it probably would have been sold out if it's thirty thousand fans or whatever. Have the All Star race at, at, at Wilkesboro. I don't understand why you are doing the All Star race at Texas Motor Speedway in the first place. Because oh, because you know you took a date away from that track to go run Coda, which the first year was a weather fiasco. This year's races was pretty good, so I think Coda is going to stay on the schedule. But if you're going to do that, I think what what the right thing should have been 
was to give Kentucky their race weekend back. So what you're trying to say is going to Texas for the all-star race and giving Texas the Xfinity and truck race is better than Kentucky having anything at all during the course of the year. I think if you're going to go and run the all-star race at Kentucky, I think people would have lived with losing its points-paying race. But when you take Kentucky and take it entirely out and basically turn it into a a a car slash truck slash Amazon tractor trailer warehouse parking lot, that's when people get crazy because you bought Kentucky for what? Why did you buy Kentucky if you're SMI, right? You bought it to shut it down to give the date to Atlanta? Like that to me doesn't make sense. So so what they're trying to say is they they admit they failed in Kentucky, okay? Now you have a situation with Texas where you where you screw turns one and two up, and I don't know what the hell they're going to do in order to fix it. Now we know that the All Star race is going back next year because they're already starting to sell tickets, but that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to stay there. You know, NASCAR sold tickets to the Bush Clash at Daytona this year, and then afterwards announced that they were going to go run the LA Coliseum. So I, I, it beats me whether or not we're going to see this. And, and we're going to talk about this in the news segment. But, you know, SMI is not the only ones that made a, a really boneheaded decision when it comes to where they're placing races. At. And I think NASCAR just made the biggest one uh, yesterday. I mean, I, I can't even imagine they just went out and confirmed probably. I mean, I don't know where they're where they're getting this this stuff from. But they decided that they're going to run the championship races next year at Phoenix. After the dud we saw this spring in Phoenix, they have elected to put the next-gen car on display in a poor spot again at Phoenix this year. And then, oh, by the way, we're going to give them next year's Cup Series championship, Xfinity and Truck Series championships. We're going to run it. We're going to run at Phoenix again. Even after the, the, the dud of a race that you put on this spring, you're going to bring those same cars back next year. And put them on a championship race there where I hate to say it, you have like 10 other better options if you're a series right now. But because it's a NASCAR date, you know, they're screwing themselves up. I, I don't know what they're doing. But anyhow, SMI's got to fix Texas. OK, the racing there was horrendous this weekend. I I don't know what the hell they got to do, but they got to fix one and two. They got to fix it. They got to figure this out. This is this is beyond stupidity. Because listen, this last year a lot of people were blaming the cars for you know the the duds we saw at Dover, the dud we saw at Richmond, the duds we saw at Texas, Phoenix, all these races. We could go through last year and tell you all the crap races that happened. And if you go back this year, Dover was exciting, Richmond was was pretty decent. Um, we know about the Martinsville situation, right? But if you ask most fans, they would say Texas sucked, and they would tell you Phoenix sucked. OK, I think Martinsville, a lot of people are going to give it a second chance because, like I said, when we got to Dover and knowing that Dover didn't suck means means more to me that that the problem at Martinsville was weather and some other other situations that were unique to the Martinsville weekend that necessarily aren't going to happen in October when we go back. So I tend to think that Texas is an actual problem with the track. Because we had bad races there last year, and we have a really bad race there this year for the All-Star race. I think it's time to really think about 
what SMI did to turn one and two because that that's a nightmare out there. It's a nightmare. And I don't get it. I just don't get it. You know, and I think what they need to do is they need to get it back to what it was. So they if I remember correctly, how they did turns one and two is they widened the racing surface, but they didn't change anything with the apron. You know, they just made the apron um closer to the wall and they just you know, they just redid the banking a little bit and it, it just whatever they did, they screwed it up. But that's I'm pretty sure what they did. And it has been terrible ever since. And they changed the shape of it, the whole nine yards. They really screwed that up and they gotta fix it because it's it's gonna be a problem until they fix the track. And it's the track. It's not the cars, it's not the teams, it's the track. And this is almost as bad as when SMI screwed Bristol up really good when they did progressive banking. And think about how many years it took them to fix Bristol. And now we finally got Bristol sorted back to the old Bristol. So, but then they decided to throw dirt on top of it. But that's a whole other debate for another day. Um, <laughs> and I know how people feel about Bristol dirt. So I, I'm not even going there. But anyhow, you know, you had a pretty good truck race. Um, considering what I just laid out. Yet a pretty exciting truck race. But the trucks put on a good show everywhere they go. This is not – and again, this is not going to counteract the, the argument I just made that the that they got to do something with one and two. What I'm saying is that the trucks put on a good show no matter where they go. This is one of those tr- tracks that these guys put on a good show at. But it's not because the track. you know, It's the track is the same for everybody. But once these guys get strung out, there's no passing. You know, Stuart Friesen, man, gets out there and gets to the lead. There's not a guy in the field that can compete against them. The restarts are wild like they are in all three series. But once they get strung out, it's that's it. It's a snooze fest. I mean, hell, I fell asleep during a damn truck race. It was that boring. I woke up and I was like, ah, oh, Stewie Friesen won. You know, I was like, okay, cool. You know, he got his third career truck win. Pretty sure it was the third. Um you know, because he has the one at Phoenix and he has the um, Eldora deal. That's it. That's what he's got. He's got three truck wins. Pretty sure he won at Phoenix. Um. So, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Stewart got a win. He got his mile and a half win. And, and now, you know, people are going to get off his back about, you know, being a dirt winner. Um. You know, but... <laughs> And then you look at the Xfinity race, and the Xfinity race was all right. I mean, Tyler Reddick goes out there and wins. Now, one thing I want people to understand about Tyler Reddick winning the Xfinity race, and 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 I need people to understand this for the first for the first part. Okay, so Tyler Reddick is driving for Big Machine Racing, which is the same company that owns Big Machine Records. They have Big Machine uh, Distillery. They have Big Machine. Um, the, the spiked uh, coolers, that's all it's all the same company, right? Um, and I forget the guy's name that owns it. But anyhow, last year they they had a team with Jay Buford driving for him. Jay does uh, uh, is a big road race guy. And they decided to go take him cup, you know, uh, excuse me, Xfinity racing. And they throw him in this car. They bought the, the owner points from, from Ryan Seed Racing. They bought owner points from him. And they got cars off of RCR. I think they actually got some of the old a couple of the old Sieg cars, actually, believe it or not, um, as Sieg went to um, Chevy, if I remember correctly. Um, so, lo and behold, you know, this this team goes out there, and 
has there's a lot of problems. You know, Jade, Jade is is learning a lot of these tracks for the first time. He does okay on the road race, uh, road course races, but he's not getting it on the ovals. He's not doing as well on the ovals. So this year they they get embedded in RCR. They decide that they're going to go right to RCR, kind of do what Trackhouse did their first year in, in existence in the Cup Series. They're going to go embed themselves in RCR, and they're just going to be like an extra car that's run out of the RCR stable. So that was the deal, and, and Jade kind of didn't show much improvement, and they decided that they needed to do something different at Driver. So they turn around, and, and, and I don't exactly know how it all transpired, but they took Jade out of the, out of the car, and they decided to put in some, some different guys. So... I think one of the first drivers they put in was Kaz Grala, who Kaz has still has some kind of a deal with RCR. Don't ask me what it is, but he has some kind of a deal there because because that's how he ended up with Big Machine. I don't think that was a it was Big Machine going out to him. I think they went to RCR and said, okay, who are some drivers that we could put in this car to see what what we got? Um, so he turned around and put um, you know Kaz in the, in the car, and, and Kaz I think ran Talladega, went and had a pretty decent run going, and got caught up in a wreck or something, but. Um, you know, Kaz was, was driving for him, um, at Talladega and I'm sure he's going to run some other races, but then they turn around and put Tyler Reddick in the car and, and, and Reddick is a hell of a race car driver and Red So Reddick's in this stuff and, and Reddick has driven for RCR before in the Xfinity series. Um, so he knows, you know, what their equipment is like and, you know, what he's got to do and things like that. So Red, Reddick has won a championship in these, in this equipment before, and I'm sure it's, I mean, I don't know, is it brand new RCR stuff? Is it RCR stuff that's been refreshed, that was used last year? I don't really know what Big Machine is getting. I'm assuming they're getting brand new if they're embedded. That's just my assumption. So Tyler Reddick goes in there, jumps in there, and, and has a pretty good day at at, at, um, at Darlington. He drove for him at Darlington. And um, I forget if he ran for him at Kansas or not. But he, he was in the in the car at Texas and goes out and wins the race and, and gets his team's first win. And, and, you know, all these people are saying, oh, this is great. This team, you know, second year team got a first, their win, this, that, and the other. And I said, it's Tyler Reddick in a in a in a RCR blanking car, that, <laughs> you know, that that they threw this other team's name on it. Right. Big machine records and all that. They have an RCR pit crew, which is probably Tyler's cup crew. And they go out and win a race. I mean, come on. You know, I mean, you know, what what, what do you expect? You know, and, and, and listen, I know Austin Dillon jumped in that car this past weekend at Charlotte and ran like garbage, but that was a whole other can of worms <laughs> of what I understand. That was a whole other can of worms there. Um, but, you know, you just you just look at it and you're just like, OK, you know, Tyler Reddick in, in, in another car goes out wins. You know, but he's really good in Xfinity, and that and that's really where a lot of people know, you know, have really got to see Tyler Reddick do well. The kid's going to win a cup race this year. I'm telling you he's going to win a cup race this year. I'll be damned if he doesn't win a cup race this year. I'll be really damned. I think, I think you know, I really thought Darlington, you know, a couple weeks ago was going to be it. Um, But, boy, that boy's going to win a race. I, I just have a feeling he's going to win one. You know, and I hope it it doesn't come at like feet at, at um, Homestead Miami late in the season. I just hope it's before then for him, so he can get in the playoffs and all that stuff. Because because he's he's gonna win one. He he's gonna win a race this year in the Cup Series. So a, a decent X, uh, Xfinity race. I you know I know Ty Gibbs is doing stupid shit again. You know what else is new? 
Um, you know, Ty Gibbs is just, you know, he's a young kid that still hasn't figured out how to drive his car. Um, yeah, he's won races and, and, and yeah, you know, say what you want. He's, he's talented, but he's like Kyle Busch. He's got to get reined in at some point, you know, and say what you want, but time needs to be reined in, you know, and, and, and I think this supposed, you know, uh, statement by, by, uh, coach Joe Gibbs the other day was, uh, you know, that they're going to try to, you know, they're going to resign Kyle Busch to a, to a, it sounds like some kind of an extension. I heard one year. Um, I don't know how true that is, but that's what we heard. Um, and it's supposed to be a, a technology company that's signing to be the primary sponsor. My assumption would be Yahoo because Yahoo's tied in with Toyota. And we know that Toyota kind of went out there and said, basically said that they told Joe Gibbs, get it done. Whatever you got to do to make Kyle happy, get it done. Because they want Kyle Busch in a Toyota and that's it. So I don't know what the hell that means, but they basically told, you know, David Wilson, who who's uh, an executive at, at Toyota, basically told told Joe Joe Gibbs Racing, you better get it done because he he ain't driving anything other than a Toyota. So I don't. Again, you know, every day that goes by, this contract ain't signed, this extension isn't out there, gets me a day closer to what I said <laughs> when I said it. Way back, and a lot of people thought I was nuts when I said I said I wouldn't be a bit surprised if Kyle Busch isn't back at Gibbs next year. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, and, and his outburst at Darlington probably didn't help the cause much. I still can't believe they didn't freaking find him for that crap either. That was that was surprising. He got no fine, he got no penalty, he got nothing. He didn't get a reprimand for that. I'm like, the guy, you know, cost everybody three laps on the track. Right, running under caution for ten minutes because Kyle Busch parked his damn car on pit road, came driving in the damn garage area, and NASCAR didn't do anything to him, nothing. But he hit a cone, almost hit a person. That was what, like fifteen thousand or twenty five thousand dollar fine. Where is the consistency? That's all we're asking for is consistency. So now let's get to the dumpster fire of the All Star race. So everybody. Agreed, the format was horrendous. Um, you know, like I said, with the, the 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 damn pit stop, you know, thing for qualifying. The overall format, I didn't struggle too much with. The, the guy that won the first, you know, segment should start on the pole. The guy that wins the second segment starts second. The guy, you know, that wins the second, you know, the third segment starts third. Where I had a problem was the guy that won the damn pit crew challenge which was basically between the second and third stages, that guy is going to start fourth. So so let's back this all the way up, okay? And if this spills into the next segment, it's going to spill into the next segment. I apologize in advance. So to understand where the frustration is coming from it is you need to go back all the way to, the, to this past offseason. So everybody knew that we were going to this next-gen car, right? And we all knew we were going to single lug nut that whole thing, okay? So so everybody's on board with this, right? This offseason, Joe Gibbs Racing decides to try a new choreography, which cost them money, right? So they came out with this new choreography that instead of running around the back of the car like these guys have been doing for years, they were going to swing everybody around the front of the car, okay? So they were going to have the rear tire changer, right? Instead of going around the back of the car right to his, to his you know, spot and change the tire and then swing back around and Go to the other side. 
they were going to have everybody kind of dance around the front of the car. So the rear tire changer is still leading, right? He still leads, gets off the wall first, and he swings around. Then the front guy, then everybody kind of, then the front tire changer comes around the front. Then he goes to that. Then the Jackman and the, and the back tire carrier go around the front, and they all kind of swing around, right? So they they somehow figured out that by doing this this way versus doing it the traditional way that every other team has been doing it for the last 25, 30 years, that this was going to save them a second or so on pit road, which we all know time is money when it comes to pit stops, right? So they go to NASCAR and say, we, we have we have this new choreography that we want to use. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to use it. And, you know, we're going to basically, you know, they basically force NASCAR to change the rule. So NASCAR changed the rule, allow them to do the new choreography, this whole other thing. And now all the other teams had got to basically try to compete with this. So the beginning of the season, if you, if you're not, you know, if you don't remember the pit stops were around nine to 10 seconds, it was taking them to, to pit the cars in the beginning of the year. So I want to say it was around Dover, maybe a little bit before Dover that they, they changed NASCAR allowed the rule change to happen so that the new choreography that JGR spent all this money on and all this time developing last season, this past off season was legal to do in a pit stop starting, you know, that weekend. Right. So it was around Dover. It was either Dover or the week before. So the teams are all doing these pit stops, and now now they're taking a 9 to 10 second pit stop and making it 8.96 is what these teams are able to do now, right? So basically, Joe Gibbs had, and his and the race team had, an entire offseason to practice this. Now, there was grumblings about this. Some of the other teams probably did practice this a little bit, but nobody did what Gibbs did this offseason and spent all their time on this, right? So the Gibbs guys had an had an, a performance advantage with this pit stop, and you know, and I know that being that NASCAR put this whole pit stop thing together in, in between stage two and three, this was essentially going to give a JGR guy the fourth spot guaranteed, no matter what. So Kyle Busch guaranteed was going to start no worse than fourth, because his pit crew's been the fastest pit crew on pit road in a single pit stop this year. They had the fastest time in the beginning of the season, right? They had a 9.2 or 9.3 second stop. Then with this new choreography, they were able to get from like 9.2, 9.3 down to 9. Point, I mean 8.96. So they gained a couple tenths of on, on a on a pit stop with the new choreography from the you know from earlier in the year to the current. So by doing all of this, they were gonna get the fourth spot. You know, you would assume that one of their teams was going to win that pit stop challenge and they would get fourth. Well, Kyle Busch goes out and wins the first stage. All right. So, so what the hell do they do? They stay out. They stayed out. I don't get this for the life of me. What happens? Kyle Busch blows a tire. He blows a damn tire. Now, if they come down pit road and, and, and start all the way at the tail of the field, all they got to do is finish 15th. In a field of about 24 cars. You know how hard that would have been for Kyle Busch? It wouldn't have been hard at all. But instead, you stay out, do, do a stupid strategy call, and you blow your freaking tire. And you know that these tires don't last right now, the way these guys are driving. And and that's what you do. You put yourself in a box and staying out there in a, during that stage, and you screwed yourself. So what happens? You blow the tire. Ross Chastain's trying to get around you. 
doesn't see you quick enough, runs over your car, you're done. So now what happens is instead of giving the second place guy that 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 spot, right, that Kyle Busch earned, it that spot basically doesn't exist anymore, right? So now the guy that finishes, now the guy that wins the second stage, which ends up being uh, Austin Sindrick, right? Austin Sindrick gets a start on the pole for the for the finale, you know, for the final stage. And then um, in between the second and third stage, Joey Logano's team wins the pit stop challenge. So now Logano's going to start third, and then whoever wins the third stage is going to start second, which is Ryan Blaney, right? So Blaney was pissed during that that stage that second stage because on that ensuing restart after the whole Kyle Bush Ross Chastain deal, um, Cindric like air blocked him or something. And after the, after that segment, that stage was over, Blaney goes up and runs in the back of Austin Cindric. And, and, and most people watching it, most people watching it might not have, have understood why he was so pissed, but Blaney was mad because, you know, these two have not necessarily seen eye to eye. You know, Blaney and, and Cindric. And this is not the first time these guys have had an issue, and it probably won't be the last time they've had one either. So so there's a little bit of some ruffle feathers there, and, and you would have to go back to last year's Daytona 500 really to understand it. You know, when all the Penske cars wrecked in, in the final lap instead of basically everybody, like, you know, kind of taking taking a chill pill and kind of getting through three and four, you know, at least get through turn three before you, before you wreck. I mean, Jesus Christ, I don't know what the hell they were doing that day. but But anyhow... Um, so Blaney's pissed at, at Cindric, this, that, and the other. Now all three Penske cars are starting in the front. And all I kept thinking about in that final segment was the Daytona 500 coming to the checkered flag. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Those guys wrecking like a bunch of morons. You know? Oh, God. What a bunch of idiots wrecking. Keselowski had that Daytona 500 in his hands. They all freaking wrecked. What a bunch of idiots. But anyhow... Um, <laughs> that still grinds my gears that, that, that damn finish does. But anyhow, um, but anywho, Blaney goes out there, gets the lead and, and, and basically it's, it's sayonara. It's, you know, nobody could catch him. Nobody could pass him. It is what it is. But, you know, Blaney picks up the all-star win, a big deal for him, obviously a, a big race win. Um, now he's locked into that thing for like the next 10 years or whatever it is. So. Um, kudos to Ryan, but I mean, damn, what a, what a crap race weekend and, and that damn caution. So, so this is the thing that's going to bleed into the next segment and God, I heard so many different opinions about this and I don't even know which one's really the right one, but I'll just tell you the one that I have. And and I'm not going to say mine is right over anybody else's, but I, I do understand that NASCAR had this in the rules that they were going to, going to have the last segment was going to finish under caution. It was going to finish under a green flag, no matter what. So if the caution flew right before the start finish line, as long as the driver, as long as the race quote unquote winner did not cross the start finish line with a checker flag, with a checker flag flying, um, he, you know, then, then they could have thrown the caution and then NASCAR overtime would apply. So Blaney gets to the point where they're getting ready to throw the goddamn checkered flag, and guess what happens? The caution comes out because of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Not because Ricky Stenhouse Jr. spun out on the backstretch and, you know, clobbered the wall, broke the wall, whatever, and, and, you know, the guy needs, you know, attention. The guy pancakes the wall lightly with that 47 car, 
does not need medical attention, didn't break a shoulder, much like when they missed the whole Spencer Boyd situation for nine laps on the backstretch at Las Vegas. Yes, we're going there. Um, no, no, it's not that kind of situation. It's an innocent kiss of the wall that does not cause any damage coming flying off the car. There's no debris, no nothing. NASCAR throws a caution for that. So then anything that happens after that caution, in my opinion, I'm not going to say, again, I'm not going to say this is right, but anything that happens after that, in my opinion, falls directly onto the shoulders of NASCAR. Because at this point, you have thrown the caution flag for no good reason. And you can't convince me otherwise. They were the ones that screwed this thing up. What we're doing on the other side of the break is I'll tell you how they screwed it up. Right here on the Coochie's Corner Podcast, hosted by Bobby Bailey. Hey guys, it's Bobby here for Coochie's Corner. I have a great deal I want to talk to you guys about. So you guys know I'm into NASCAR diecast. I collect it with a great passion. It's probably my biggest hobby that I have is collecting different driver diecasts. And one of those great sites I go to and visit all the time is CircleBDieCast.com. It is where I get all the latest diecasts. They have all kinds of different drivers. So if you're into Kyle Larson, you're a Chase Elliott fan, William Byron, Alex Bowman, um, you name it, they have it. They also have great apparel. So you can get your t-shirts there. You can get hats there. They even have novelty items. So you can get like a bumper sticker, keychains. You name it, CircleBDieCast.com has it. And what's great for you as a Crew Chiefs Corner podcast listener, if you use my promo code Crew Chiefs Corner, it's all one word, no apostrophe in the S, Crew Chiefs Corner will get you five bucks off any U.S. order over $30. That's a great deal. Even today in this crazy period with prices going up, we will still get you $5 off your shipping order from Circle B Diecast on any order in the continental U.S. that is over $30. So remember, use my promo code Cruci's Corner. That way there, Brent and LaDonna know I sent you there, and you guys can get all the latest and greatest diecasts that you are looking for. Again, you can even get your favorite driver's diecast. You can get last week's race-winning diecast. It's all there at CircleBDiecast.com. And I want to thank them for all their support of the Cruci's Corner podcast. Thanks, guys, and check out CircleBDieCast.com. All right, we're back here on the Coochie's Corner podcast. I just teased at the end of that that last segment that we were going to talk about how NASCAR screwed up this, this whole all-star race, right? So caution flag comes out, just as a refresher, caution flag comes out because um, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. slapped the outside wall down the back straightaway. No debris coming off the car, okay? There's nothing coming off that race car. Totally fine. Doesn't need medical attention. You know, I referenced the Spencer Boyd Las Vegas incident where they didn't realize that Spencer Boyd needed medical attention for nine laps. None of that stuff, right? So what we get post-race is Scott Miller, who's, you know, an executive with NASCAR. He's, he's on the competition side of the business. Comes out and says... The race director saw something and threw the caution. The, cop, the, the the race director saw something, didn't know what they were looking at, and threw the caution was the, was the quote from Scott Miller. 
and I'm sitting there saying to myself when I when I when I heard this, I said, "How in the hell does the cop the I'm, I'm sorry, not the competition director? How in the hell does the race director not know what the hell they're looking at? There are hundreds of cameras at that track that NASCAR has access to that they capture everything that happens. How in the hell do they?" miss what is going on on that back straightaway. How in the hell does that happen? But then I think about it, and I look at it from the other lens. We've had cautions this year, and, and not this year, we've had cautions in previous years, I should say, where the damn corner workers don't even notice a piece of debris, don't notice a car, you know, down in the, you know, inside retaining wall, and the driver needs assistance because he, you know, broke his shoulder. We've had instances where NASCAR has botched this. So this shouldn't be a major surprise to any of us. This is just another botched caution called by the sport. And, you know, say what you want, but but they botched this. And they, and they, they can say whatever the hell they want to say, and they're, and they're going to spin it because that's what they like to do. They're going to spin it however they want. And, and they're going to say, listen, we threw the caution because we saw something we didn't know happened. Okay, fine. That's If that's your argument, but why in the hell – then in the Xfinity race, right, there's there's an actual spin. A guy spins. I forget who it was. There's cars that actually spun. NASCAR did not throw a caution for it. But Justin Allgaier cuts the tire down. Again, no sheet metal coming off of his race car, right? No debris. They throw the caution for, for a cut tire on Justin Allgaier's car. But before that, there was a caution not thrown because a guy's spinning out. Where's the consistency? And then you throw a freaking caution as the guy's coming to the checker flag to win the race, right? You throw a caution flag because, oh, guess what? We got another gimmick here on the final stage to try to build some excitement, and you throw the caution right before the checkered flag happens. For a car that got into the wall. It just, it just blows my mind. It blows my mind how NASCAR does this. Week after week after week after week. And then they get mad. They get mad when people call them out because there's what? There's been two guys in the last week, I'd say, that have that were very knowledgeable of what they did that either no longer work at NASCAR or were told to be quiet about certain things on social media because NASCAR wasn't happy with what they were saying. Makes you wonder. Makes you wonder. And, and they got mad at the guys on Door Bumper Clear because they called them out on, on a lot of this stuff. And they got sent out a hauler. And they actually had to, to go talk to NASCAR about it. They got called out. <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't get it. Why? Why are you so upset when people call you out and point out your failures? Because... If you listen to some of these folks, and, and there's people that have been calling them out that know what the hell they're talking about. This isn't people, this isn't a fan going on a, a on a random podcast like myself and, and, and just, you know, having a conversation with people. This is actually people that work in the industry that know what the hell is supposed to be going on. And they call you out over this stupid stuff. And you get mad and call them to the hauler. And then you have a guy that's a content creator for you, right? That calls you out about how terrible the all-star race is. And magically that guy no longer has a job. What in the hell are you doing over there? How does that look? What does that look like? 
You know, I just I don't understand where they're where they jump off at, you know. And then the other thing is, and, and I, I, I'm not trying to turn this into a political thing or anything like that, but, you know, they they come out, you know, June is is um, is, uh, you know, Pride Month. Right. So NASCAR goes out and puts out this 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 post about, you know, it's Pride, you know, Pride Month and we support, you know, the the community and all that. Right. For most businesses, that post would be a fine post. Nobody would have anything to say about it. NASCAR goes out and does this, and it's and and you know you got to weed through the comments because there's there's people that have beliefs on both sides, right? Okay, and I'm not saying who's right or wrong, but NASCAR puts in a tweet. We have recently our actions have not met our values of being a welcoming environment for all. Does not allude to what in the heck they're talking about, but puts this in a tweet. So now it's up to the media or other folks to read between the tea leaves and see what in the hell they're referring to. Now, this is how it applies to Texas. There was a lot of people pissed off about Greg Abbott being there, the governor of Texas, being at Texas Motor Speedway waving the green flag. And again, I'm not trying to turn this into a political podcast. I don't care what side of the aisle you sit on. When it comes to this, NASCAR has said that they're trying to, to not be political, right? They're trying to get out of that spectrum and, and them being just seen as, you know, quote unquote Republicans and, you know, all that stuff, right? So NASCAR is trying to be more welcoming to both sides and they're trying to ban political sponsorships, that whole thing, right? All fine and good. But when Texas Motor Speedway invites the governor of Texas who, is a polarizing figure for, for folks, right? Depending on where you sit, you bring this guy to the track, he's waving the green flag, and then you put out the, the pride thing and then allude to that some of their recent actions have not met what their, you know, their new standards are for themselves. I'm, I'm assuming that's what they mean. Okay. And, and again, I don't really care how, how you feel about it or not, but if you're going to admit, as a sport that you did something wrong, admit to what it was that you did wrong. You know, this dancing around it, not calling it out, not saying it because you're afraid of pissing off some of the fan base or whatever. You've already kind of dug your grave here to some folks, to some folks, you've opened the door to them, right? There, there's people that go both ways with it and you're not alluding to it. So, by recognizing that you have faults, because we all do as human beings or businesses, we all have our own faults, right? You're not you're not alluding to what the fault was. You're not admitting to it. You're just saying, well, we 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 should be doing better. Well, what should you be doing better at? What is it? You know, and and they they didn't do that. So, but then they get mad when people call them out for what they do wrong. When and 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 not in this instance. I'm talking about. When they do things wrong, such as throwing cautions when they shouldn't have, or throwing caution or not throwing cautions when they should have, um, you know, changing rules. I mean, you know, letting Blaney under caution fix his his uh, you know his window net. You know, people were pissed about that. Um, you know, but when you get called out, you should be able to take the criticism, especially as a sport as as big as NASCAR. You should be able to take that criticism and not. And, and again, I hope the guy that the reason why the guy that was working in content, I forget the guy's name at NASCAR was let go. I hope it wasn't because he called him out, because if that is the truth, they got bigger issues on their hands. 
Okay. So I just, you know, what I want to see and what I've been saying for a long time is we, the fan base wants to see a consistency when it comes to NASCAR. And right now their messaging is, is inconsistent. The way they throw cautions is inconsistent. The way they're listening to the drivers is inconsistent. The way they listen to the fans is inconsistent. They just got to work on consistency in this building. And I don't know what it is, but, but they're just very, very inconsistent. And it's the best word I have to describe it. And it's very frustrating for people that are covering the sport. It's very frustrating for people that are trying to become new fans of the sport because, you know, if you've never watched NASCAR before, right, you see a car spinning, you're thinking that's a yellow flag. I mean, Jesus, there's a car spinning. You know, somebody could run into this guy. You know, the driver could be hurt. I mean, you don't know what happens, right? But yet a guy hits a wall down the back straightaway. And, and and again, I mean, you know, there's no parts flying off of Ricky Stanhouse's car. You know, they, they threw a caution for that. I mean, what in the heck is that? And it's not like he hit the wall really hard, you know. There's no um, safer barrier didn't move all that much. You know, there's not pieces of the wall flying out. You know, what what are we what are we doing? So like I said, inconsistencies in the messaging, inconsistencies when it comes to caution throwing. It's just it's just a you know, it just all just points to inconsistencies with this sport. And I and I wish I wish they would truly listen and really figure out what's going on and get better at these things. Because that's all the criticism ever is is it's constructive. People want to see them be better because we know that that we as as stakeholders in this in this deal, we want to see better. We want to see better consistency when it comes to, like I said, throwing yellows. We want to see better consistency when it comes to enforcing the rules. We want to see better consistency when it when it comes to messaging. Right. So whatever whatever messaging NASCAR wants to put out, it's got to be consistent. They're not consistent when it comes to these things. So NASCAR has got to work on this. And I really, like I said, I really hope that they take whatever criticism they've gotten, they take it to heart and work on it and stop telling people to, to not share their opinions because that's going to get you nowhere. That's going to get people to really pissed off. And the more people that leave this sport, the more I sit there and wonder what's truly going on behind the scenes. That's all I'm going to say. So moving on to Charlotte, um, you know, home race weekend for a lot of teams, um, you know, some really good races. I, I thought all three series had some great races. I thought the cup race, I thought the 600 was, was pretty good. Um, you know, the trucks, you know, it's, it's the truck series, you know, you're, you're going to see some good shows being put on and, you know, um, uh, it's just, one of them deals, you know, you're going to see guys, um, you know, go out there and, and have some really good runs. And then you're going to see guys go out there and run like crap. But, you know, I think when it comes to Charlotte, you know, I think overall, a lot of people will look at, you know, at, at the weekend and say that, uh, you know, this was the best Coca-Cola 600 ever. You know, I, I don't, I don't, you know, it was great. I wouldn't say it was the greatest one ever. It was pretty good, you know. It was up there. Um, but I don't know why people are saying it's the greatest one ever. Because because why? Because there was a lot of cars that missed 
you know, that didn't finish. There's guys that, you know, did whatever uh, to win. Um, you know, I mean, Denny Hamlin won. It was great. But Hamlin had a had some bad luck in that race, too. So, you know, he kind of lucked out to an extent, right? The truck series, you go out and you see Ross Chastain picking up a win, you know, with Nice Motorsports, a, a big win. Because, I mean, it's basically Chastain's the only guy that's ever won for him. Um, so a big win for that team. You know, they go out and, and pick up, a, a, you know, a win that they desperately needed. Um, and then Josh Berry goes out and wins the Xfinity race. And, and Josh and, and uh, what was it, Josh and, and, and uh, Algar had a hell of a battle there, you know. And, and both of those guys could have won, but they raced clean and, you know, uh, for the most part. And, you know, Josh Berry picked up his second one of the season. And, and I'll tell you this much. Josh Berry is going to go cup racing at some point in time. I, I just think it's a matter of when, you know. And hopefully, you know, those guys over there are smart and they keep them, you know, in the Xfinity for another year after this year and, 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 and see, you know, I think he's, it's going to be tough for him this year just because Noah's still there at JRM and, and, you know, Ty Gibbs is going to be a force to be reckoned with, but if they keep him, keep him in Xfinity for another year after this year, you would like to think that Ty would be in his second year. And sometimes guys, when they have the pressure of repeating that second year, don't do as well. Like if you look at Chase Elliott, um, you know, he won the 2014 championship, but when he ran Xfinity 2015, he had an off year compared to 14. He didn't, wasn't as competitive and he wasn't really in the mix to win that 15 championship. He was in the mix to win the 14 championship and, 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 and rightfully so. But when you look at, um, um, Austin Sindrick, for example, right. You know, Sindrick won the championship in 2020 and then, you know, last year he goes out and he, he runs as great of a race as he could. He just didn't get a great final restart, and Daniel Hemrick got that little bit of a better restart, and and you know uh, Hemrick goes out and wins that championship. So it, it's not a set in stone deal if you win a championship the second year that you're going to win it. So you know we know this year it looks like Daniel's you know kind of having a not so great year with, with calling, and and I want to say not so great in the sense that you know we know how good those calling cars are. They're just a little bit off this year. Um, and, and I don't think that's Daniel's fault. I just think that they're putting so much energy in that cup program. They just don't have the focus on the Xfinity program that, that like they used to. And I think, and I don't know this for sure, but I, I would imagine that they pulled some of their Xfinity guys up to work in that cup program. So maybe some of the younger or younger termed employees are working in Xfinity and they don't have maybe the same skill set as some of those cup guys do. So, um, it's kind of rough right now you know, with staffing everywhere. And it's, and it's rough when you can't find really great people um, in any business. It, it, you know, sometimes your, your business suffers and that's what we're seeing a little bit with call. Like, it seems like, you know, they went cup racing and it's great that they did, but it seems like their Xfinity product is, is really struggling because of that. So, um, you know, I know they're going to, they're going to put it together. Chris race is one hell of a smart guy and they're going to figure that out. But, you know, Hemrick doesn't look like he's really right now in contention to repeat. So that kind of opens the door to this year. So, you know, Ty Gibbs has been the guy to, to beat uh, as far as race wins go, but Ty Gibbs has been inconsistent a little bit here recently. So um, that's opening the door to other guys. And you got Josh Berry, Noah Gregson. So JRM starting to come, turn the corner. You know, Al Geyer has a race win now. Um, so JRM's got three of their four guys in the playoffs. Um, we're going to see Sam Mayer, I think, is going to win a race here sooner or later. So if all four get uh, all four, um, JRM guys are in, you know, you got Ty Gibbs. I mean, you only got room for four people for the championship four. So, 
you know, who's going to be your, 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 your mix. I'd say today it's going to have to be Ty Gibbs. It would have to be, in my opinion, it would have to be Ty Gibbs. It would have to be Justin Allgaier. It'd be Noah Craigson and Josh Berry. I think those are the four most consistent drivers right now. And, and, and I don't know if you're going to find a better, a better argument for anybody else. You know, I think those are the guys right now that are, that have proven to be the best in the Xfinity series. And those would be my, my final four, you know, and you would like to think that Almendinger would be in there. You would like to think that Daniel Heimrich would be in there. Um, we don't know about Landon Castle because Landon's never been in this position before, but you know, it's going to be something to keep your eyes on because um, as we, as we get down this tr- summer stretch here, um, there's going to be some comers and goers. You know how this plant pans out. If if you've been watching this thing long enough, you know that there's comers and goers when it comes to to this summer stretch. There's going to be teams that are going to, you know, find that little bit of speed. There's going to be teams that are going to fall off. You know, um, especially you know sometimes some of these teams are locked in. Like you know someone that's in tie gives the shoes. You know you got multiple wins this year. Sometimes they experiment in the summer. You know and try to figure out. You know maybe they go after strategy calls instead of. You know, trying to have the fastest car. Sometimes maybe they go a little bit, you know, different. Uh, maybe they try to conserve tires and have fresh tires at the end, you know, trying to win races that way. So, you know, just because a team is struggling right now doesn't mean that they're going to struggle the rest of the year. And a team that's doing great now doesn't mean that they can't struggle and have a, a rough end to the season. So the pendulum will swing both ways in in this series, and, and it will do the same thing in trucks and cup. But um, you look at that Xfinity Final Four right now, I mean, I think it's three JRM guys and, and Ty Gibbs. I think that's the mix. If you had to ask me right now. Um, but if you look at the truck series, I mean, okay, so Ross Chastain wins, right? You know, that takes a winner away from the a series regular. John Hunter Nemechek has got his, you know, got his win at Darlington. Um, so he's in the playoffs. You know, Zane Smith is the guy to beat. Ben Rhodes has a win this year at, at Bristol Dirt. So the, the, the three guys that, are basically the big three in the truck series right now. Zane Smith, John Hunter, Yumechek, and um, um, Ben Rhodes, right? Those are the big three. The The thing to me is who's going to be that fourth driver? Who's going to be that fourth guy when it comes to, you know, Phoenix? You know, I mean, okay, Stuart Friesen won a race. Now he's locked in. But you still have some other big names out there. I mean, you have Grant Infinger out there. Uh, who who should have been in contention last year. Had he ran that one race, he would have probably been in the playoffs last year. So Grant Enfinger is a guy that a lot of people expect to go out there and maybe get a win. We know Chandler Smith's going to be in this conversation. He's got a win already this year. So it's really, in my opinion, in the truck series, it's really the battle for the fourth spot. In the Xfinity series, it's right now three JRM guys and, a, and Ty Gibbs are, are the final four. When you go and look at the cup side of things, the cup side of things is a little bit more tricky because you got William Byron right uh, right now has two wins. You have um, Ross Chastain has two wins, and now Denny Hamlin's got two wins. So those are the three guys that most people would say, okay, those are your fine. That's three out of your four. But just like the trucks, who's your fourth guy? You know, because there's about six guys right now. I think there's six of them that have one win, right? So you have guys in there that have just one win. That probably could go out there and win that that you know, given the race him circumstances, could be in that mix for that for that championship. So, you know, you have Kurt Bush in that mix, you have um Chase Elliott in that mix, you have um 
you know, Alex Bowman's in that mix. So there's a lot of drivers in that mix right now that could be that fourth guy. It's just going to be a determination through the rest of the year who's going to be that driver. So stay tuned. See who it is. But um, what we're going to do is we're going to take one last break here. And then on the other side, we are going to talk about the news uh, besides the Chris Buescher news and, uh, you know, Ben Rhodes filling in. We'll talk about the rest of the news of the week. And we will get you set up for this weekend's races for the Cup and Trucks out at Gateway. And the Xfinity Series is running Portland. This is Coochie's Corner Podcast, hosted by Bobby Bailey. Check out thecrewchief.net for all the latest NASCAR news, driver points, owner points, uh, race results, race schedules, paint schemes, and all, of course, all the latest news and information. That's Once again, that's thecrewchief.net, your portal to the world of NASCAR silly season news and racing statistics. All right, we are back here for the news and notes here on the Crew Chief's Corner Podcast. So, like I said, Chris Buescher is going to be out this weekend. Uh, he's got a positive COVID test, so Zane Smith's going to fill in number 17. Ben Rhodes is going to fill in for A.J. Allmendinger um, because, you know, uh, AJ's got to run the Xfinity car out of Portland this weekend, which, you know, kind of leads me into this next little piece. I mean, I, I think it's nice that NASCAR is going out to Portland. I think it's, um, you know, nice to go explore new markets, but I just, I don't know about this whole running Portland this weekend type deal. I mean, you know, I think NASCAR is, is, is trying, um, you know, new markets for obvious reasons. I mean, they need to, try to find the best places to run these cars and, and, and find fans to go attend the races. Um, I know they've done this standalone deal before, um, you know, and they try to have standalone Xfinity races, but this is a long haul for, for teams to be going all the way out to, to Oregon to run an Xfinity race where if you run top 10 at, you're probably going to bring home 30, 35,000, depending on where you finish. And travel expenses are not cheap right now. I mean, it's diesel fuel is over $6 a gallon in some places. So um, it's going to cost them thousands of dollars in fuel. And it's going to cost them a hell of a lot of money to fly people out there. Because uh, plane tickets aren't cheap either. So, um, you know, some of these teams are going to break even on, on the higher end. And some of these teams, a lot of these teams are going to lose money on the lower end. So um, I just think they need to be a little bit smarter about where they run these cars. Um not to say that there's not other great tracks they could have picked that would have been a little bit closer to home. I know they took mid Ohio off the schedule for the Xfinity boys and they gave them uh, Portland instead. I, I just, I don't like that move. Um, I, I think that the, I think the Xfinity series should have run gateway this weekend. Um, you know, they, they used to run gateway. Um, you know, I don't necessarily understand the logistics behind going out to Portland was, but um, you know, I don't know if the promoter gave them a hell of a deal on, 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 you know, on the race, you know, they said, Hey, we'll pay you, you know, blah, blah, blah money. If you give us a date, I, I don't know how that all pans out, but, um, there's a reason why they're going out there. I'll tell you that much. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is being put on by NASCAR, you know, this is a NASCAR date that they decided to award to them, you know, who knows? Uh, but we'll see. Hopefully it's a good race. Hopefully, you know, um, there's, there's a good reason why they did it, but, um, it's a long haul for these teams, you know, especially after 
lot of these teams had to go to Texas a couple weeks ago, and now they got to haul all the way out to uh, Oregon. It's it's expensive, especially for the lower end budget teams. I mean, you're you know, I hate to call people out, but I mean, your lower end Xfinity teams are, are going to struggle financially this weekend because of this deal. So, you know, I think that's why you're going to see a lot of um, interesting decisions. I mean, you know, um, what's it? Uh, you know, Johnny Davis is not putting uh, Ryan Vargas in, in the six car this weekend. They're going to put, um, I guess it's some kind of road racing driver in it. I didn't really look at the entry list yet, but uh, I know Ryan Vargas is going to run for Mike Harmon instead. Uh, that way there, you know, Ryan stays in the, in the point deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, some of these teams got to make business decisions, you know, and if you're going to go out there and have a race that, you know, someone's not sponsored for and you could bring in a sponsored driver, you're going to do it, you know, especially, especially, like I said, your lower end Xfinity teams or your teams that are, are putting guys in cars that just don't have the sponsorship behind them. And they could put a guy in that has sponsors. Um, they're going to do things like that, especially in that kind of a scenario. Um, you know, I mean, I just think back a couple of weeks, I think Ryan Truex ran two weeks ago, ran a blank uh, 18 car for Gibbs, which I mean, I haven't seen a blank Gibbs car really since Ty drove one, you know, last year, a few times. Um, but, you know, we've seen that. So, you know, they, they got a uh, Trans Am driver in the 18 this weekend. I think it's Connor uh, Masick is in that car, uh, but he's got a, a, a company sponsoring him. Um, so, you know, that's part of why he's, you know, he's in that 18. Um, but you're going to see stuff like that, you know, especially, you know, at some of these tracks where, um, you know, they're standalone races, especially, like I said, uh, with Portland this weekend, you know, you're going to get some of these, these road racers that, you know, have some funding behind them, uh, do some of these races. So I know, uh, RSS racing has a, a, a road racing ace behind the wheel, of the 38 this weekend. Um, you know, and I know they have um, another guy that they they've been they've been working with. You know, Coda is going to run some of the other races too. So, you know, these teams are doing what they can to survive. Uh, even the bigger teams, like I said, Gibbs. I mean, they're putting a random driver behind the wheel of the eighteen. You know, and Connor um, Masick and and Connor's an accomplished road racer, but it's just he has a sponsor. So, you know, you can you can put somebody like that behind the wheel of your car. You're going to do that, and you're going to see that a lot with the trucks. You know, when they go out to Knoxville. A lot of those teams are going to, you know, um, some of the lower end teams that, that don't have sponsors every week are going to put a, a driver behind the wheel of their truck that can bring a sponsor. So you'll see some of those games being played out at, at Knoxville uh, later this year. So, um, you know, just things to, to, to be aware of and things that are happening because of where we are right now. And, and it's crazy out there. So, um I think Gateway is going to be an exciting race. I mean, it's a short track. Uh, you can't really run the bottom in one and two because it's just too too hard to. Uh, if you do, you're just never going to get off the exit in turn two uh, that great. So you're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of bumping and banging, I think. And um, it's not really a one groove racetrack. Um, I think if you watch Truck Series over there the last couple of years, you, you know it's got some multiple grooves to it. Um, so I think it's going to be it's going to be a fun race. I mean, 300 miles, 300 laps. Um, kind of on the shorter side when you look at the NASCAR cup side of things, but, um, I think it's a good mix. I think it's, it's good that they're bringing a shorter type event to this track. They're not trying to do a 400 lap race or something crazy like that. Um, you know, you got to applaud everything that, that the group out there at gateway has been doing. Uh, I know it's worldwide technology raceway at gateways, their new name. Um, 
but you got to applaud everything they've done. You know, they've done a nice job with that crowd for the truck race. They've, they brought a music festival out there this weekend. There's going to be all kinds of acts out there. I know like Cole, Cole Swindell is going to be out there. There's, there's all kinds of, you know, musical acts out there. So, um, there's going to be music every single night. I think it starts, uh, tonight, technically, um, out at ballpark, uh, fan fest. And then it trans, uh, you know, transfers over to worldwide technology raceway as of tomorrow night. Um, so all three nights out there, there's, there's, uh, 60 musical acts that are out there. Um, so that's going to be kind of interesting. So if you're, you're going to the track, it's more than just a race. So go out there and check out the music, uh, the music they're going to have. Um, I believe it's right there at the racetrack. So check it out. They got some, some really cool, uh, music out there. And, uh, I know Kenny Wallace is going to be out there. He's going to be kind of like the MC of the whole thing. So I know they got a lot of driver appearances. They got planned out. They're going to have all kinds of stuff going on. And I know, like I said, Kenny Wallace has a big, uh, big to do with that. Cause they're bringing him in as like their brand ambassador, which I thought was a really smart move. You know, Kenny is uh, pretty well known in those parts and he lives in St. Louis. Um, and he, and he's just, you know, he's part of that Wallace racing family. That's that, that hailed from that area. So, um, I think you're going to see uh, a sellout. I think it's 57,000 grandstand seats they have there at gateway all sold out. So that's pretty big. Um, and it's nice to see a, a former Dover Motorsports track that is still alive. That is, uh, that's going to get a cup date, you know, um, which is something Dover Motorsports tried to get there for years and years and years, but they were always told that they would have to give up a, a date at Dover in order to, to bring the track. I mean, bring the cars to, uh, to gateway and they refused to do it. So now they had no choice of what we understand. Um, this last go around, they had, that's why they moved to race to national super speedway. Cause there was a, a very good chance that they were going to lose the date anyhow. So they decided to move the date to national, uh, super speedway. So at least they, they were running in the national market, which was a market that NASCAR was looking to get into anyhow. So, and now it's all SMI. So who the hell knows what's going to happen, but at least we know that Dover's back next year. And it sounds, and we know the super speedway would be back next year too. Um, because that's a five-year deal. I think they signed. So. Um, that is what it is, but, um, uh, very interesting, you know, weekend coming up, uh, Rajay, uh, Carruth is going to make his first, uh, truck series start. He's going to drive the number seven for Spire Motorsports. Again, that, um, I think it's called Confluence Music Festival is going to sponsor him in that race and, uh, Worldwide Technology, uh, is going to sponsor him as well. So that's a, that's a really cool deal for Raja. I know he's been running part-time with, uh, Tommy Joe Martins and, and uh, Cesar Baccarella and the Alpha Prime team. Um, but he's going to run uh, his first truck race um, Saturday at Gateway. So um, that's kind of a cool deal. I forget if he's just running the National Series points in ARCA, but he's he's, he's the points leader right now in the ARCA uh, National Series. So uh, he's, he's having a pretty good year so far. And, it, you know, I, I know ARCA is not what it used to be. I'll be the first one to admit that. But, you know, that's a pretty big deal to be leading that series anyhow. So, um you know, Raja is going to get a, a chance to go drive for Spire, which I think is a, is a good move for him. It's a pretty good team. They already got a win this year with uh, William Byron. So, you know, they have some pretty good trucks over there. They got Kevin Bono Mannion as his crew chief. So um, he's got he's got a good deal there. So he, he should be competitive. Uh, Raja should uh, in that truck. But the trucks drive way different than anything else he's been in. So expect the unexpected when it comes to that. 
Now, one last thing I want to touch on is apparently there was this Easter egg thing that happened in Dale Jr.'s, um, you know, reveal of that they're designing a paint scheme for Alex Bowman for the Ally 400 at Nashville Super Speedway. So apparently there's a shot and I've seen the screenshot and I've actually watched a video myself. Apparently there is a Mark Martin Wilkesboro 23 on this dry erase board of this graphic designer that works for Junior Motorsports. So everybody's in a frenzy. Because everyone's trying to figure out what Mark Martin Wilkesboro 23 is. So I, I have no idea, but I wouldn't put it past Dale Jr. to somehow have put that in the video somehow to, to make everybody talk about it and the thing not happen. Because as far as I know, Mark has zero inklings on coming back and racing. Now, it could be a Mark Martin paint scheme that they're going to run at North Wilkesboro next year on a grassroots race, get grassroots race. And maybe Junior's going to run like the Cars Tour there race next year or something. I don't know. But um, who the hell knows? I, I just think they just threw it on the damn board to make people talk about the damn video. So because uh, I think Junior's creative like that sometimes. But it was interesting. So, you know, I just wanted to mention that. You know, I thought it was kind of neat. But um, that's really it. You know, not a lot going on. Uh, silly season still kind of, like I said, Kyle Busch is still trying to figure out that deal. Um, we know that, that there's something coming soon. Uh, we know that Shell Penzel is coming back uh, for a multi-year extension. So we know Logano is going to get an extension here pretty soon. That's at least what Penske has said. Um, so that's what sounds like is going to happen. You know, that Joey's going to get locked up here for a few more years. Um, still no news on the, on the uh, you know, front with Eric Amarola in the 10 car. Uh, you know, Eric says he's retiring. You know, there was a, a little bit of a, a mention on DBC today, uh, yesterday that um, that might not be entirely true that Almirola is retiring. I, you know, I don't know. Is he going to go run like trucks or Xfinity instead? That remains to be seen. Is he going to run part-time? Nobody knows. Um, so stay tuned on that deal. Um, you know, still no news on, on who the fourth manufacturer may or may not be. You know, we've heard the Dodge rumors. I, I, guys, I don't, I don't know much more, you know, than, than anybody else right now on that on that front, but you know, it would make sense if Dodge came back, you know, I mean, they're, they've been talking about getting back into racing, you know, with NASCAR, but um, we know that they're pretty happy with NHRA right now. So um, the jury's still out on that. I mean, it could be somebody totally different. We know that they want to go hybrid in 2024. So you, you might get somebody totally different. You might get a Volkswagen, you might get a Mazda, you might get a, a Porsche or an Audi. I mean, we don't know who's trying to get in. So, um, you know, jury's still out on that, but we know that they're trying to go hybrid starting 2024. So keep an eye out on that, but nothing right now to report on that, um, on that front. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that are still dangling out there. Again, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. Um, you know, with the 10 car, I mean, I know the prevailing thought is Ryan Priest is going to get that seat, but I've also heard that there's, there might be another driver in play for that car. Um, you, you know, the fantasy, the fantasy folks want to talk about putting Kyle Busch in that car. Cause they think that he's going to get replaced. Um, you know, I know I said it, but it sounds like it's, it's going to not be that, um, well, who knows, you know, Truex is still not made up his mind about 2023 yet. We don't know if he's coming back or he's retiring. Um, you know, that could change some stuff, uh, especially on the Ty Gibbs front. Um, we know Denny Hamlin's not going to go anywhere. So, 
there's a lot of things that are hanging in the balance that just got to play out. And like I said, you know, I, I know common sense would prevail you to put priests in the 10, but um, sponsors got to get signed and, and all that stuff's got to work out. And right now I don't know where they are in that process, but um, you know, it makes sense to put priests in the, in the 10. It would, you know, um, but if Harvick decides to retire, they could put priests in the four and not run the 10 next year. Who knows? So a lot of things to, to keep an eye out. I think we're going to be in for a crazy summer when it comes to silly season. And I think in the next week or two, maybe the next two to three weeks, it's really going to start picking up. Cause normally this is a time you get a bombshell announcement. And then all of a sudden the dominoes start falling. And I think we're going to find out because usually you find out about six months before things really start getting signed and about things that are going to happen. So Stay tuned. These next couple of weeks should be pretty hot and heavy with news. We should start finding out some stuff. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if we don't get some announcements here relatively soon. Um, you know, and I and I do expect at least one or two sort of surprise announcements this year. I, I think that, you know, there's, there's going to be at least a 10 is going to be open. I, I'm pretty convinced there's going to be a seat open at Gibbs with the 19 if Truex does retire. Um there might be a surprise retirement. I don't know who, but, you know, I think we're kind of due for one of them. You know, I don't think a lot of people saw Almirola retiring, but I think there's going to be a surprise retirement this offseason, you know, this coming up this year. You know, and I don't know if it's going to happen early, but it, it there's going to be one. I just have this inkling that someone's going to retire that nobody expected. And all of a sudden you're going to be like, oh, well, now we got to replace this guy, <laughs> you know? Um, so I, I think. Listen, I, I I think, like I said, and I know Priest is in a pretty good spot. I, I'd say Zane Smith might be putting himself in a pretty good spot to get a cup seat, uh, even though I don't really know if he's ready for cup, but we've seen that jump happen. Um, I don't know. You know, outside of outside of guys that are kind of locked into things, I, there's not a ton of talent in Xfinity. You know, you're going to take Noah. You know, someone's going to take, you know, we know JGR is going to take Ty up, but I don't know. You know, beyond those two, there's not a lot of options down there, so we'll see what happens. But um, it's going to be an interesting offseason for sure. So that's it for this episode. Thanks, guys, so much for tuning in. Thanks for all the support. We will see you guys next week here on the Coochie's Corner Podcast. I'm Bobby Bailey. Thanks for listening to the Coochie's Corner Podcast. I'm Bobby Bailey. Check us out on social media, Facebook, at the Crew Chief. On Twitter, at The Crew Chief. Instagram, at Crew Chief's Corner. TikTok, at Crew Chief's Corner. And on the Anchor app and anchor.fm. Thanks for listening.